Welcome to Firefly Chat, a monthly podcast aimed at shining a spotlight on Neiman Pick disease type C and other rare diseases that affect children and currently have no cure. You can download this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, or at fireflyfund.org. Be sure to follow Firefly Fund on social media, and if you like what you hear, give us a share. On today's episode of Firefly Chat, in recognition of 2021 World Rare Disease Day, we will hear a heartfelt and candid conversation between 10 Neiman Pick Type C moms from four countries regarding recent news related to the discontinuation of the medication Adrabetadex, also known as VTS-270, which all of these moms' children are currently receiving. The moms invited Firefly Fund to record one of their support group Zoom calls, which provide a glimpse into the difficult circumstances they're facing, as well as their concerns about their children's futures. I just want to thank you all for being here tonight. It's going to be um, maybe a little bit emotional, but a very special chat. And as you all know, the Firefly Fund has a podcast. And what Chris and I have really aimed to do is highlight conversations that we are currently involved in with various community stakeholders in the NPC community in hopes that these conversations can be heard by the broader NPC and rare disease community. And for our listeners, I would like to note that a few of the moms on the call organized our weekly Zoom calls about a month ago after the NPC community received some devastating news um, from Mallinckrodt Pharmaceuticals regarding the long-term access of ETS-270, also known as Adrobatadex. And you'll hear tonight, um, we will use the terms Adrobatadex and VTS-270 used interchangeably. So not to be confused, they are all the same medication. And it is a medication that all of our children on this call are currently taking. Uh, we are a group of moms who have become friends since the years of our children's diagnosis. And we text and we call and we talk on the phone and we agonize and we strategize together about how we did, are best going to care for our children with NPC. So given the challenging times that we, find, that we find ourselves in, in related to the recent news regarding access to the medication that our children are taking, it is really on purpose and entirely by design that we have come together tonight. Also for our listeners, I would like to recap that in January of 2021, about five or six weeks ago, Mallinckrodt decided that they would not be pursuing FDA approval of BTS 270 aggravated decks. Through a letter to various members of the community, they let us know that they would be providing drug until October 20th of this year, so for an additional eight months. The rationale was that the data from the double-blinded placebo-controlled clinical trial showed a negative risk-benefit of VTS-270, meaning that the risks associated with the drug and the delivery of the drug, which is done via LP, sometimes under sedation every other week, are greater than the benefit or efficacy received from the medication. All but two of the children that you will hear us talk about tonight are on compassionate use. So two of the children were in the clinical trial, the other 18 were not in the clinical trial. So I'll go ahead and start with the introductions. My name is Pam Andrews. I am the proud mom of two NPC daughters, Bell and Abby Andrews. We live in Austin, Texas, and we have been on a VTS 270 Adrobated Dex for nearly five years. It'll be five years in May of this year. So Sarah, I will toss it to you. 
Hi, Sarah McLaughlin. My daughter, Marion, is five. She's the middle of three kids and our only child with NPC. She was diagnosed at 18 months and started VTS 270 at 19 months, and we live in Monrovia, California. My name is Cheryl Margulies. Uh, I live in Toronto, Canada. My husband, Paul, and I have two children with uh, NPC, uh, Daniel and James, ages six and four. Uh, Daniel's been on VTS 270 for three and a half years, and James has been on VTS 270 for close to two. Uh, for two and a half of those years, um, we traveled to Chicago to access the medication, and for the past year, we've been able to um, receive the medication at home in Toronto. My name is Tiffany Rubin. Um, I have... We're from Las Vegas, Nevada. I have five children and four of them have an MPC. I have Jacob who was seven. He passed away two years ago this month. I have Mason who's five, Logan who's three, and I have a baby who's seven months. We've been doing um, BTS 270 for the past almost three years. Um, as of right now, my baby will not be able to receive treatment. And my um, Logan, who's three, was 13 months when he was started and shows very little signs of NPC as of right now. Hi, my name's Deanna, and I am the mother to Osama. He is four years old. Um, we've been on... BTS 270 for three years. Um, we just had our three-year anniversary, February 14th, and um, we're in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, and he's my one and only. Um, I'm Sarah Paterka. Um, I live just outside Minneapolis with my husband, Mitch, and our daughter, Emma, who's two and a half. Emma was diagnosed this past fall um, at 26 months and has been on Adribatidex um, since a month after her diagnosis at 27 months. Um, she just received her ninth treatment, so uh, we're still early on in it, but um, we're really seeing that it is um, impacting her in a good way. Hi, I'm Kim. I'm from the Netherlands, uh, so I'm sorry if my English is not all correct. Uh, my son Milan is four years old and he got MPC. Uh, one year ago, our doctor told us that uh, our son probably would not live any longer than one year. And when we heard that, we decided to move to the United States to get treatment with aerobated eggs. And it was the best decision of our lives. Hey everyone, my name is Julie Moore and um, my husband and I, um, Gary, we live in Southern California in a little mountain town called Raywood. Um, we have four children and um, two of our children, two of our boys are not affected by NPC and we have two daughters that have NPC. Um, the girls um, have been on VTS 270 for coming up on four years um, at Loma Linda University and um, they're close to their 100th treatment. Hello, my name is Nadia and I'm from Russia. I have uh, one child, his name is Denis. 
And uh, now our family uh, live in Chicago. Uh, my son is 13 years old and he was diagnosed with NPCM in 2017. And uh, he has been taking Adrobetox for one year now. My name is Jenna Wheats. Uh, my husband Brad and I live in Morrison, Illinois. We travel to Chicago to rush to receive uh, BTS 270. We have two children, Claire, who's 10, and Jeg, who's seven. Jeg has NPC. Um, and we have been on BTS 270 for three years on Rare Disease Day. I'm Kayla, I'm the mother of Cameron. And um, we're from Albertville, Alabama. Uh, Cameron started treatments in 2017 in January, and her last treatment was in December of 2020. She is almost 10 years old and um, was diagnosed very early, so we were able to monitor her from four months old. Thank you guys for that. Phew, if I can get through, if I can get through without um, any more tears, I think it's going to be a miracle, but I'm just so grateful you're all here tonight. Um, so I guess the first question I want to start with, and let's just talk about, you know, how has everyone been doing since Ballancrot released the news that they would be shutting down the NPC program? Um, and I will, I'll go ahead and start and then we can go around the horn um, just like we did. But Val and Abby are full of life. They're curious, engaging, and adventurous, and loving sisters. And they were diagnosed in 2016. Just months after getting the diagnosis, they did get on the drug that we are talking about. And they ha Belle has stabilized, although she doesn't walk independently. And Abby took off like a rocket as soon as she started getting the medicine. And that has not changed today. Belle remains stable, and Abby remains without disease progression. But what also remains the same today is the fact that the burden has been shifted to us as moms and families to figure this out. Um, and I don't think it should be our responsibility to figure this out. I think if there's a drug out there that with human data that shows efficacy for these children, we should be able to use those drugs for our children. So if everyone um, can go around the room, I'll, I'll toss it to Sarah next. Thanks. Well, we started with BTS 270 when Marion was 19 months, and it was the most exciting thing to be able to have something to help her after we got this fatal diagnosis, but we were in such a period of trauma and shock. It was also one of the most horrible times of our lives as well. And the news of Malincrot dropping the drug has really brought, brought us back, I think, to that time, to not knowing what the fate of our child is going to be and if she's going to live to see her next birthday or not. I'd say it's so horrendous because we've seen extreme benefit from this drug. So when Marion was diagnosed, she was so small. She had a early infantile or late infantile presentation with developmental delays right away, hypotonic at birth. Her weight was so low. Her legs were like little tiny toothpicks, just not how a baby should look. No fat, no muscle, couldn't bear weight on her legs. She would throw up all the time when we would try to give her solid food. We didn't know what was going on. She didn't have core strength. She had the presentation of NPC where the kids 
can pass away by two, three, four, five. The difference for Marion is when she was 18 months, she got an early diagnosis and she couldn't stand on her own or walk. She could barely talk. And, but we were able to get her on this treatment. We flew back and forth from Los Angeles to Chicago. And after five treatments, she started walking. She wasn't taking Miglistat. This was the only um, therapy she was taking. Her progress, you know, she wasn't, she hadn't regressed. She, ha- she hadn't really plateaued, but her progress was maybe like this. When she started taking VTS, it, it went like this. And, you know, still not, you know, probably a neurotypical kid, their progress would be a little bit, you know, more of an angle. So it, it didn't bring her up to neurotypical, but from this to this, I mean, that's a massive increase. And that is not what this disease does. It does not do that. And we saw light come into her lives, her speech. We didn't know if she would ever talk. We didn't know if she would ever walk. She does both of those things and, and more now. She's, she, it's just astounding. I've never felt like I had the first couple of days after diagnosis as I did when I heard the announcement from Malincrot. And I felt like, um, you know, our hopes and dreams were being ripped away again. And um, it left me feeling very hopeless and very fearful for the future. So um, our oldest boy, uh, Daniel, started uh, BTS 270 in 2017. Uh, we flew to Chicago to sort out if this medication would be, would be good for him. Um, he was just three at the time. Um, he was showing some speech and gross motor delay and some Dave's palsy. Since then, um, he's just developed. And, um, you know, his speech has developed over the past three years. Um, He speaks in full sentences. Um, He's able to express himself. Um, His language is probably not as vast as as children his age, but it's definitely spontaneous and full. Um, Physically, last summer, he learned to um, ride a bike and swim. Um, he does still have a little bit of difficulty physically for like, he wouldn't be able to walk a balance beam or stand on one foot, but, um, for any length of time, but any, he, he runs a little bit slower than the other kids. But besides that, he has a lot of fun and, and, um, plays like most kids his age with James, he started, um, the medication because of some slowing of his eye movements. So he was, he was developing pretty typically at the time and he continues to. So their lives are very full and we're just really grateful to have had the medication and it's a really difficult time. When we found out about um, Malincrot stopping the medicine, we were devastated. Um, I think as a parent that has disease in their family, you look for anything that gives you hope. And when we found that it, it, put out the hope that we had that we, our kids would get to live on this earth a little bit longer. Um, Jacob was diagnosed late. We didn't know what it was. By the time he was six, he had already, um, he was losing the ability to walk. He had a G tube seizures started. He was diagnosed at seven. And at that point, his head was already starting to drop. We started him on BTS 270 as soon as we could. But he died um, about nine months after our diagnosis. Mason was started when he was three. He had a little, he had the gaze palsy. And he also had a little bit of um, falling. But we started him on the VTS 270. 
we would travel down to LA. For, we traveled there for eight months from Las Vegas every two weeks so that he could be treated. He can ride a bike with training wheels and he can do a mile in about 14 minutes. He can walk and play baseball, throw balls. He has a pretty normal life. He's learning how to read. He can cut with scissors. Um, he has more of a, he hasn't had any seizures where, where Jacob was this age. When Jacob was Mason's age, we, we were already losing Jacob. He was already in special ed. He was already in a wheelchair. He already had to wear a helmet. He had a G-tube. So we feel very fortunate that we were able to get Mason treated as soon as we were able to. Then we have Logan who started at 13 months. At the time, he was the youngest to ever receive it. Um, he's have, had it every two weeks since then. He doesn't even have the bells or the eye movement problem as of yet. He just observing him, you wouldn't even know that he had any type of problem. He is a typical boy. He climbs ladders. He rides his bike with training wheels because he's only three, but he is potty trained. He is a normal boy. Um, and we completely um, give that over to the VTS 270. None of my boys have been on anything except the VTS 270. And we feel very fortunate that we were able to start him. Um, when we found out that Malincrot was stopping it, we found out at that time that my baby would never be able to receive any of um, that treatment. My heart hurt because I contribute all of the success of my other boys to that medicine. <laughs> and I can't imagine thinking that my baby isn't as important as my other boys. So we're hoping and praying for a miracle that some type of intervention happens so that we can continue and my boys can continue to thrive. So um, I'm Kayla and Cameron is my daughter. She's nine and a half and she's in um, or she was diagnosed at four months old. She started showing symptoms around two and wasn't really expected to live past six. Um, she started treatments at four. We started at the NIH where she would go every two weeks. And as soon as phase two be opened, she was enrolled. She improved in many different ways. Um, she had tremor that was bad before, like she couldn't put a spoon to her mouth good. And she no longer had that. Her speech had declined to limited one word statements. And then she started being able to speak in short sentences. Her cataplexy was less frequent and less severe. In the fall of 2019, we decided to step back from biweekly treatments and start doing monthly treatments. And then COVID happened. So by the time we hit June, she'd only had one treatment in 2020. But in April, she started having seizures. Um, and I mean, very rough seizures. So we started her on seizure, seizure medication. And from there, there have been treatments missed. 2020 was just a very, very rough year. COVID stipulations, everything else going on, and she couldn't get treatments. Then in the fall, she missed a few more. December, while we were at the hospital, I mentioned that her dysphagia was worse. She was drooling more, um, having trouble sticking her or leaving her tongue in her mouth. Her tongue just seemed like it was 
coming out of her mouth more um, and her muscles just weren't the same. And then choking. So the doctor ordered a swallow study and wouldn't give her treatment until we got that swallow study back. The swallow study came back and they exited her, exited her in January from the trial because they would no longer treat her. Okay. Um, mm. Well, since the announcement, uh, we were doing pretty terrible, to be honest. Um, yeah, it kind of brought us back to the diagnosis day and feeling very helpless and like, you know, somebody just pulled the rug right out from under us. Um, yeah, it's been, um, it's, it's been pretty difficult finding this group and you guys, um, really has helped me. Um, I've been lucky. My husband's been pretty strong through this and keeping the positive side. Um, but you guys know, um, as moms or, you know, main care caretakers that, um, sometimes the reality sets in a little bit for us and we have to think and process through all of that. And that's kind of where I've been. Osama, he's, um, been on treatment since 20 months. It's been over just now three years. He had symptoms since in utero, um, that we didn't know were all connected and before we started treatment, he wasn't walking. He wasn't talking. He was, I mean, the cutest, sweetest baby. But since treatment, he he's a he's a whole different kid. I mean, he was in therapy today, and they were rolling a ball to him, and he could pick his leg up and kick it, a little soccer ball. And I just could feel, I mean, my face was glowing from how proud I was and how far he's come and how much the VTS has done for him. I mean, he is, I mean, literally running around with the kids. He cannot stop talking. This announcement was pretty crushing for us, um, but we're not going to take that. We're not going to accept it. Um, and thanks to all you moms, we don't have to. We'll stand up together and we'll let them hear us. For us, hearing the news from Alan Crabb was, was really crushing and devastating. I mean, just echoing what everyone else is saying. Um, you know, like both Cheryl and Sarah said, it, it did bring us back to kind of that dark place of her diagnosis, which for us was only a short five months ago at the end of September. So it, it felt really fresh. Um, you know, it felt like the, the hope that we found shortly after, after her diagnosis, when we were able to get Emma started on Adrobatadex, felt like that was stripped away. Um, you know, she, Emma was, when she was diagnosed, she had been declining pretty significantly for the previous several months. She was losing skills. She was losing strength. Like some of the other mamas here have said, that kind of light in her eyes was fading. That glow in her spirit just wasn't as strong. But then shortly after she started treatment, her disease progression stabilized, which 
honestly just felt like a miracle on its own. It gave us hope again. Since then, she's gradually been able to regain skills and strength. Like I mentioned before, she's only had nine treatments, but this drug has truly felt like a lifeline in the darkest time of our lives. Just the fact that she's stabilizing is incredible. You know, just little things like her reaching for a fork and pulling it to her mouth to feed herself again is amazing. To see her standing strong and with strength, you know, she's never stood or walked. That's, that's not how this disease works. Like Sarah said, it doesn't go in that direction. So the power of this medication against NPC is unquestionable to us. And the prospect of my child losing access is just devastating and heartbreaking. Should I go or do you want to say anything? No, I'm good. Thanks, Kim. Just, just hit me. <laughs> All right. Thank you. So, yeah, what else can I say? The, the news um, broke my heart, really. Uh, one year ago, we, uh, the doctor shows us the brain scan of Milan, and it was so bad. And we know we will lose him. And his energy was low. His muscle strength was low. He only said a few words, and the words were not correct. His concentration was bad, and um, so he had cataplexy and ataxy. Um, so there was a lot going on, but um, we won't give up. So we decide to fight for him. And after three treatments with other beta decks, we saw already a difference. And now we are at treatment 15. And it's such a difference. Uh, I have my child back. And um, I think that say, says enough. I can't believe it. I can't believe that they deciding this will be the pet. I can't, I can't believe it. Yeah, I can. I, I agree with what you're saying. I mean, um, I just want, I have two girls and I just want them to stay with us. Like you said, I think that's what it comes down to is having them stay with us. Um, I know some of you guys already said this, but honestly, when uh, we found out that Mellencrot was going to, you know, cut us off, um, it really brought us back to close to four years ago and we got our diagnosis and we really didn't know what was to come of this. And um, there was very little hope. And I feel like that hope is, you know, really dim right now again. If this ends, my girl's life ends. Um, when uh, my girls were little, they reached all of their milestones. And it wasn't until Bryn was in preschool that we noticed a little bit of uh, like slowing down. She wasn't keeping up with all the kids. And um, it just, everything was slow in the beginning. Um, then she started to kind of slip a little bit further behind. And then um, she got to the point where um, we were worried and we were concerned and we really reached out trying to find a neurologist. And by the time we actually saw the neurologist within a couple months, um, she was literally losing skills every single week. She wasn't walking as good. She kept zoning out. 
she wasn't talking to us as, as much. Um, her eating was sloppier. Um, she was losing control of her bowel and her bladder. And um, then the worst came when, like the other moms here have shared, like the light just was slipping away. And we saw that we were losing her. And, uh, and when we finally got her diagnosed, um, the doctor told us that not only one of our, ch our children, but two of our children had NPC and that in itself was oh, just devastating. Um, so luckily a newly um, diagnosed family, Sarah McLaughlin, um, I was able to get a hold of her. You know, we, we connected through social media and she uh, told us about um, a doctor in Chicago, Dr. Cravis, and we were able to get treatment about a month later. And I'm telling you, within that week, that first week that she had her, that she had her treatment, um, she was back. Our little girl had this twinkle in her eye and she was full of life again. And it just continued to stabilize her and it stabilized Kendall, who also has Crohn's disease. Um, it's, that's the biggest miracle for us is Bryn hasn't gotten all of her um, um, all of her abilities back, but the things that slipped away, she's regained a few of them and then it stabilized her. And honestly, I know what it feels like for them to slip away. And I just, I'm, I will not accept that. They're just going to be able to slip away again. There's no reason for this drug to go away. I'll be honest and say that um, I felt a lot of guilt when I found out that the, um, that Mellencrot was stepping away. And this is just me being all out there, but part of me wishes I had not talked to the doctors in December and told them um, what I had noticed with Cameron. If anything, I thought that would help because they would say, you know, in 2020, she didn't have any treatments and she started having more dysphagia, swallowing issues, choking. All of these things were because she wasn't getting treatment. I never expected them to do a swallow study and then say that they would not give her treatment anymore. And then within the month that they took her out of the trial, the drug company stepped away. Um, and it just, I don't know. I've just felt a lot of guilt. I'm not saying that for y'all to say, you know, that it's not my fault because I know that that's what you're going to say, but this is something that I can't help but feel that way. Kayla, you're such an amazing mom. You like given Cameron the best life possible and this is out of your control and it's cruel and it's wrong and it's not moral or ethical for this drug to be taken away from any of our kids not to mention Cameron who needs it more than ever. And it's just wrong that you're an amazing mom. And it's just a testament to how sick this all is that you even have to have those thoughts because of how wonderful you are and how hard you fight for her. Thank you. Okay, before my son started uh, to take uh, Adribetidox, he already has uh, disease progression and he has epileptic seizures, he has swallowing problems. He couldn't gain his weight. He couldn't gain it for three years before we started treatment. 
he almost lo lost his speech. And when he started to uh, receive his treatment, first thing that I noticed that he speaks a lot. He laughs at jokes. He gained gained his weight. Now he is 92 pounds and it's normal. And I can see now that he started to live this life again. And I can't believe that drug company can take this drug away from our children and we can lose them all. Like um, a lot of you are, my feelings were just like when we were diagnosed. Um, Jag was diagnosed when he was four. And when we um, got that diagnosis, we went like a, with days without knowing that there were BTS, that there was hope for our child. Um, and it was devastating. And I sat on my bathroom floor at my house and um, cried and sobbed at three o'clock in the morning. And I remember driving to my mom's house with no shoes on in the middle of the night, pounding on her door, for letting me in and just sobbing and telling her that, you know, I can't lose my child. I can't do this. Um, and when we got that letter last month, I once again picked up the phone and called my mom and told her that I cannot lose my son. He's my person. And I, I really, I, I can't even imagine. And for the last three years, we've had VTS. And it's the reason we got out of bed in the morning. And he also has Crohn's disease. And all we've done since March of 2020 is fight that stupid disease and uh, thinking okay here we go we're just gonna it's gonna be good now we're gonna live life and then we get that letter and it's like all we do is fight we fight for their diagnosis we fight for their treatments we're fighting for FDA to cure us it's not easy for rare disease and it is complete it's so it makes me so angry that my child has to fight all the time. And I hear your guys' stories about, you know, losing your child piece by piece. They slip away. And we haven't experienced that with Jake yet because he um, was diagnosed so early and he's been so stable on BTS for three years. Um, he has the best handwriting in his class. He drives a junior dragster and goes 50 miles an hour in an eighth mile. And that's how we measure his disease. Because if he can do those things, then he is just like everybody else. I feel like once we lose BTS 270, that might be it. We're gonna start losing him. And all of his dreams and hopes and the things that he tells us that he wants to do will slowly, you know, we're not going to be able to get to do those. And they're punches in the guts, you know, over and over again, when we hear him talk about his hopes and dreams, it's like being punched in the gut. And don't you just feel like that's a study that we shouldn't have to bear witness to. We shouldn't have to participate in a study of let's see what happens when we take the drug away. Exactly. Exactly. Because I know after hearing your stories, that is exactly what's going to happen to my son.
Thank you for joining us for Firefly Chat. We hope you'll listen next week for part two of episode seven, where our NPC moms will discuss the benefits of Adrobatadex, as well as additional therapies on the horizon to treat their children and give them the best chance to live long and healthy lives. Join the fly. You must stay.